Although I feel like those are <laughs> on the same side of the spectrum. My name is Amon, and I am back with Matt here to talk about our favorite Fox musical comedy that ran for six years, Glee. This is The Choir Room. And how are you today, Matt? I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> this episode was not good, but I'm good. You know what? I'm glad that you sort of just like led with that because this episode has always made me feel a certain type of way. Even as a new fan of the show, like going back and watching it back in like 2012, I was like, this episode is strange to me. It's very cringy, very like out of place. Yes. And it felt, it, yeah, it just sort of felt very disjointed. And I can never quite put my finger on it as a younger viewer. But now as an older one, I'm like, yeah, this, I just feel like this storyline was sort of like, forced in a way just as an excuse to have a bunch of acapella numbers um somebody on the staff really likes acapella numbers and they felt like okay well this is a a nice little way for us to get a bunch of that in there and of course new jack swing so yeah we got a lot of uh strange um mr shoe content this around and i guess we can just dive right on into it yeah so let me let me tell you what my perspective of this was, was basically, I mean, we've, we've beaten to death about how this first season has a lot to do with uh, Mr. Schuster and how his journey, you know, into, into starting the Glee Club and into kind of what his goal is here. And we already saw, you know, in the, in the first episode, in the second episode about how he's been conflicted back and forth about what he actually wants to do and what his actual, you know, dream is for this Glee Club. And it seems like at the end of the day, he's really just trying to replicate what he felt back in his younger years when he was this, uh, in the Glee Club and performing. And that's what he wanted to be doing. And it seems like he's conflicted right now about, do I want to be performing myself or do I want to be teaching performing? And when things are getting a little rocky in terms of his relationship with the Glee Club itself and obviously Rachel, uh, which we'll get into. It just starts to dawn on him, like, maybe this isn't where I want to be. Maybe I want to be off just performing myself. Maybe that's what I wanted to do here. And, you know, just in terms of, like, the production side of this, obviously Matthew Morrison was a, a very big part of this show coming off the ground talked about how ryan murphy went to broadway found matthew morrison there uh so knowing that they had this guy that they wanted to highlight as like the guy uh behind this show i feel like i'm not surprised that on episode three here we have a, a full entire 42 minutes that just seems to be about him and about you know this is him performing and this is him showing like his performance and, and singing skills that this is what makes him happy. He was enjoying himself while he was doing this. But the way that the story plays out is, again, more that we'll get into about, uh, you know, maybe this isn't exactly what he wants to be doing. But this just felt like a 42 minute showcase of Matthew Morrison. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I just I felt like it was so frustrating to watch, though, because of the fact that it seemed like he was um hopping back and forth and being extremely indecisive because i mean first of all you start off this or you, or you take over this glee club rather and you're so excited about it you want to you know relive the glory days of it all and you're so excited to teach these kids i mean these kids like have a, like a whole emotional effect on you as you're watching them sing uh don't stop believing in the auditorium um and then you um, start choreographing numbers and everything and then all of a sudden all it takes is for rachel to tell you that your choreography sucks for you to go and cower and then run and run to a bunch of other guys to form an acapella group. It was just like, bitch, what are you doing? Like, either you want this Glee Club or you don't. Like, it was it was just very strange to me. But, I mean, I, I, I take the point about, you know, sometimes it's not just about wanting the Glee Club back. Sometimes it's just about wanting to be able to perform yourself. Because at the end of the day, as much as he helps them thrive as a Glee Club, he's not the one performing. He doesn't get any more stage time. So I guess this is just, this is just his episode to be the one in front and center. But I feel like they could have done this in a better way. And I mean, I feel like if they wanted to showcase him singing, if they wanted to showcase his his abilities, they could have had him do a lot more in terms of like performing with the Glee Club. And obviously he can't be in their numbers when they get to sectionals or anything like that. But they, you know, he was trying to show Finn the ropes and in uh, episode two where they're performing uh, Gold Digger and he takes the lead in that and he, you know 
it's a cringy uh, performance for us to watch a little bit, uh, but it's, you know, it's still getting to see him uh, sing a little bit and, and uh, a little bit of dancing, mm-hmm. but not exactly the dancing that we know that he can do. Uh, so they probably, I, I think they could have gone that route and just had him be the lead in a couple numbers to show that he was, you know, teaching the ways to, to Finn and just to everybody. But they decided to go a completely different route where uh, the new directions are, you know, in this episode, but it really has nothing to do with them. We're really following, you know, the Acafellas, which I, I mean, this storyline is probably no i mean we're gonna get into some some stuff in like the later seasons but like has to be in my top five like things i least care about in terms of this show like i forget about them and every time i watch this episode i remember why i forgot about them because i just don't care honestly i'm i'm thinking that we should just start having a tally for uh will wants to leave the glee club arc because this is two times in three episodes like he was going to become an accountant fuck that he was going to you know take the Rockefellers on tour fuck that and i'm sure we're probably going to get at least one or two more in this season and i know i'm already i can already think of the main one in the second season so this is just a reoccurring theme for him he's just he's just a just an emotional he goes where the wind blows kind of guy and he just wants to feel his oats one last time before he gets too old he feels his clock ticking and that's that is just like a reoccurring theme for him throughout the series so for sure. Acafellas, what can I say? But like I said, what sort of sparks this is Quinn and Tantana, of course, have been told to try and destroy the Glee Club from the inside by Coach Sue. So they go and tell Rachel, like, you need to tell Mr. Shu that this freaking choreography sucks. The stuff that he has us doing is so basic, so run-of-the-mill, paint-by-numbers type shit. We're never going to win. We need somebody better. Let's get rid of him. So Rachel follows their advice, tells Mr. Shu that the choreography sucks, and sends Mr. Shu into a downward spiral. He um, decides to sort of like leave the group for the time being. And Rachel then takes Quinn and Santana's advice in seeking out a Midwestern like top vocal choir choreographer by the name of Dakota Stanley. He is also working with Vocal Adrenaline, um, which I don't understand how y'all thought that you were going to be Vocal Adrenaline like level dancers by the time you guys needed to be in sectionals. But Whatever. But yeah, so Mr. Shu is out for now, and the Glee Club has their sights set on this high-up uh, choreographer. Yeah, and Schuster is apparently, you know, as soon as this happens where uh, Rachel confronts him, it seems like the tension has gotten to a point where uh, Schuster decided, you know, he wants to do something else, and we'll we'll talk about the acapellas that, that start to form, but he's, like, not going to Glee Club practices anymore, uh, and it's working, so Quinn and Santana's plan to put the wheels in motion here and, I guess, take the Glee Club down a little bit. Obviously, they're following what Sue wants. Uh, it's working, and Rachel is just completely bought into this idea of uh, first of all, I mean, she's getting attention from people that she never used to get attention from in the first place. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about how Rachel and and uh, Quinn weren't getting along very well because they were fighting over Finn. But at this point, Quinn and Santana are playing the role of like best friends and they're giving uh, tips to Mercedes and they're giving tips to Rachel about like how we can make this better and, and we can all win from this. Uh, Rachel's buying into it. I mean, you're so right about that point with Rachel sort of, you know, getting attention from people that don't normally talk to her, at least in a friendly way. And like McKinley High School, like popularity is more than currency there. Popularity is like crack there. It's all any of these kids ever talk about. It's like, oh, my God, I want to be I I, I just I, I need to be a Cheerio or I need to be a jock or I need to be dating one of the two or I need just need to be prom king. I need to be prom queen. I need I need this. I need that. I need I, it's just like what? What is the deal with those with these Ohio kids and popularity? First of all, the school ain't that big. The school is like two floors. All of you see, I've seen the same extras on that screen like twice or thrice an episode. All of y'all are smushed <laughs> together. All of y'all are popular. Like I just don't, I don't get it. But whatever. <laughs> Mister uh, Shu is hanging out in the uh, teachers' lounge with, I guess he's the woodshop teacher Henri Saint Pierre. Um, yeah, Sandy Ryerson is back in there. I forget exactly what he made as an excuse because uh, Mr. Shu was like, shouldn't you like not be around the students? Like, aren't you banned from the campus? But apparently he's like, I'm just banned. Like, I can't be within eight feet or 80 feet of children, which I'm like, well, wouldn't that mean that you're not supposed to be in the school? Mm-hmm. And uh, also um, Mr. Shu's or Terry's co-worker, Howard from Sheets and Things, is also there because he brings in a cake because apparently the wood shop teacher cut off his thumbs because I guess he's a bit of an alcoholic and he fell asleep at the uh, at the sand mill thing or whatever the hell that thing is called or the sawmill 
um, and chopped off his finger. So they're there to, you know, show support for him and bring him a cake with two thumbs on it. And this is when Mr. Shu sort of like comes up with the idea of it's been a long time since we. Oh, and Ken Tanaka's there. Yeah, I, I guess I just repressed him from my memory. Yeah, he's like, oh, I, I, this is the last like this. This, this is like the um, a, a long time since I've been hanging out with the guys. Yeah, this is the strangest collection of four guys or five guys, because uh, Sandy's still there right now. That I don't like. Besides the fact, that, like I said, I, I don't care about the Acapellas and I don't remember half of this stuff because I, I try not to. Um, who, Henry, who the hell is that? Henry or Henry? I don't know. Uh, sorry, I can't. I didn't put the, this guy that pops up in this one episode or maybe multiple episodes. I again do not remember much about the Acapellas because I do not want to. Have I said that enough already? Um, so I'm sure that this is that they're going to show up again. But uh, this guy without thumbs, like, why did this happen? This is episode three of this uh, new up and coming show uh, about a bunch of kids in a in a Glee club that are singing and uh, you know we want to meet the Glee kids and I'm sitting here talking about Henri and Howard from the freaking Sheets and Things store that like. Sandy Ryerson, this guy that is is a, a child molester. Like, why are these people on my on my screen right now? But yeah, so they're just sitting around the table, and Henri just came back. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Henri. Yep. Okay, he, he just came back from uh, it seem, seemingly some kind of like surgery or something to fix his hands after, like you said, he got his thumbs uh, completely taken off. It's so weird. Uh, and then they're, they're sitting around the table and Sandy begins singing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow and Will jumps right in. And the four, the, or I guess five of them, uh, sound kind of good together and Will's like, that's it. We're going to be an acapella group. And the idea, you know, they, they go back to Will's house to start putting, to start practicing and they come up with a couple names and then Howard, who apparently doesn't ever talk at all, comes up with the name Acafellas and that sticks with Will. And, and now, uh, you know, this is, this is changing Will's life. Like he becomes a more confident man out of this. And now it's like, uh, he, he says that now that he's becoming more confident, Terry wants to sleep with him more. I don't know if that's exactly why, uh, it, it seems like obviously Terry has some other intentions going on where, uh, we know that Terry is not actually pregnant. Will still thinks that Terry is pregnant. He even told uh, Will told his parents at the beginning of this episode, uh, you know, the, the Schuster parents are around for some reason this entire episode, which, again, brings it back to the point that this is all about Will here. Uh, and Will, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Terry is is taking these opportunities <laughs> to try to get pregnant now that, you know, he still thinks that she is. So, you know, they're they're getting it on a lot more consistently, which he said he's bragging about. Uh, oh, we do it even like once a week now. Uh, all right. Good for I you was guys. like, bitch. No, no. Like, don't, like not to not to, you know, put my personal business out there. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> once a week. Is that a lot? I mean, I guess people are. I mean, he's older. So in their in their they, they're, they live busy lives. They have things that they have going on. So I guess like when you reach a certain age, once a week is a is a certain is a certain uh, goal for most. But yeah. it just it just felt a little bit uh, a little bit flaccid, for lack of a better you word. You had a you had a <laughs> you didn't have to use that word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I forgot to say that he did he did tell his parents about the hot sack of nothing that is sitting in uh, Terry's abdomen right now, and of course they <laughs> freak out and they're so happy and. This whole theme of confidence throughout the episode sort of starts here where um, Mr. Shu confides in his dad saying, hey, like, I just I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. And his dad's like, well, nobody does. And he's just like, I just feel like this is like I feel like I'm not you know, going to be able to provide all the things that I want to for for my son. And his dad's like, well, you can thank me for that because. You know, dads are supposed to be the ones that bestow confidence upon their sons. And so now Will, it, like, feels like he needs to find something that's going to make him feel confident. And I guess Rachel telling him that his choreography sucks was enough for him to just, you know, torpedo. But then as soon as he finds the acapellas, he's like, oh, I found my shtick again. This is going to make me feel like a man. This is going to make me feel like a father and singing with a bunch of other guys <laughs> that can't really dance is going to make me feel good about myself because I can dance and... This is how Acapellas is born. Quinn and Santana are going to check in with Coach Sue, but she wants them to go even harder in the sabotage of the Glee Club. She's like, I don't care if, like, Mr. Shu is, like, not coming to rehearsals. I don't care if the Glee Club is starting to feel a little bit less confident. I need for you to start really, like, getting your hooks and your nails into them interpersonally to really shake things up. And who should be the first victim but our lovely Miss Mercedes Jones? who seems to be uh, falling in love with one Mr. Kurt Hummel. 
For sure. And I got to clock a little bit of a line here where, uh, you know, we, we talk about how a lot of this stuff isn't going to age super well. Uh, and I feel like this is like the first real example of a line uh, that just doesn't hold up well at all uh, in the year 2020 or probably even soon after this was put out there. But uh, joking about, you know, they're going to try to commit suicide if uh, if this Dakota yeah, Stanley comes by and cringe. is the teacher. Yeah. So a lot of these, a lot of these, these writing lines, I, I of course like remember being like in 2009 and like everybody would joke about that. Like, like, Oh, I'm so annoyed that like this is happening. I'm going to go kill myself. Like people used to say that kind of stuff so much more loosely. And uh, obviously over time it's become uh, way more, like we've become way more uh, like aware of the fact that like, that's not something to joke about. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would have to hope that like Ryan Murphy writing stuff these years wouldn't say things like that. Uh, and uh, you know, I do watch Ryan Murphy shows and I couldn't even tell you if, if that's the case or not, but I also feel um, like it really depends on that. the character that's saying it because there's a certain level of um, sarcasm and dry humor in lines like that. But when it comes from Quinn, it's not funny. You know what I mean? If I feel yeah. like if it were to come from somebody like Sue, where we're, we're used to hearing her say outlandish shit to people, then maybe it would land better. But it, coming from Quinn, it's like, eh, that's not very, yeah, nah, that, that's not good. No, not with it. But Pretty, pretty cringy. But anyway, so just wanted to flag that up. But uh, yeah, like you said, uh, Quinn and Santana are going to step things up a little bit. And their first or I guess second victim, they already uh, started going at it with uh, to get Rachel on uh, on board with their evil plans here. They're going to go after Mercedes and Mercedes is just chilling in the hallway. She's keeping an eye on all the couples that are kissing. And that's what she wants. She wants a, she wants a boy to like her. Nobody's paying her attention. Uh, and, you know, why shouldn't she be allowed to have a boy that gives her attention? Like, absolutely. So she sees Santana and Puck like making out across the hallway and then uh, some of those random background actors that you were talking about that I'm sure you've seen 10 times by now <laughs> she sees Kurt and Kurt cut well because Kurt comes up to the locker uh, his locker and they're just having a little chat uh, she's she's like oh have you ever kissed anyone before and he's like yes and then he eventually admits uh, all right no I haven't uh, and it kind of like a spark maybe ignites uh, where Mercedes sees like oh Maybe the guy that I've been getting friendly with, like maybe he's somebody that could give me attention. And Quinn and Merce uh, Quinn and Santana walk by and they catch on to that. This might have just happened or maybe that the sh they, they see that spark that might have been there and they completely encourage it. Like how much is a gaydar? I'm just I'm, I'm asking for a friend, you know, just just a friend of mine needs one. Listen, they, they are in high school. They are in they are sophomores in high school. All of these people, uh, every single one of them. They're but all, every all single one of them could tell that he's gay. That's what I'm saying. Like they they have to know by now. Uh, that's this is not uh, any kind of realistic that anybody did not know uh, that Kurt. I mean, uh, far be it for me to tell him or to tell anybody where he is at or where he should be at in his personal journey. That's everybody's own story. But the fact that everybody else hasn't picked up on this uh, is just insane. You know, I mean, I feel for Mercedes uh, because I mean, I feel like most people have experienced a. Uh, an unrequited love situation. I know I have like at least three times in high school. So bitch, I get it. I get it. Um, and of course, like when you're feeling lonely and you, all you just want is to feel loved and you just want to have somebody that you can call, you know, a companion and a significant other and all that, you're going to start, you're, you're going to start looking for things. And if somebody treats you with just like an ounce of kindness, it sort of like catches your attention and you just, that you, you, you're attracted to that and you want, you want to continue to feel good because that make that person makes you feel good. So I get it. But like, girl. Like the way that he wears his, he he he's talk, he, like Tina, Tina and Rachel are trying to make her come to her senses, talking about oh he wears corsets to 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 second period, the way that he the way that he talks, the way that he walks, like everything, like mm -hmm. it's right in your face. But yeah, that doesn't stop Quinn and Santana from praying on that scene. Like hey, you need to go after that because they know it's gonna blow up in her face, and they need for people, they need for the Glee Club kids to hate each other in order for them to implode. So that's exactly yeah. uh, what is going to happen later on. Mr. Shu and the Acafellas booked their first performance at a local bar, which I think is pretty fucked up because Mr. Shu is talking about, oh, I didn't leave Glee. I'm not I'm not quitting. I'm still there for you guys. But they haven't even had their first like real performance yet. And you're already performing outside of the school at bars and they're selling albums. So like how long has this been going on? How did you how do you have the money to go into the studio, first of all, to record an album to master it and then to put it on to discs and then to sell it yet you you were talking about oh sixty dollars is going to be a lot i don't know where i'm gonna get the cash sixty dollars for glee club like what the fuck like this is so 
I, it just pissed me off. This is the huge reason as to why I don't like this episode. Because what the, the hell are you doing? The Sesken Tanaka's name written all over it. Whatever, whatever uh, method that they used to get these uh, these CDs out as fast as they did was uh, 100% all Ken Tanaka. Uh, no money was actually spent. He's, he knows a guy, I'm sure. I just want to know, like, what else was on that damn, like, record? Like, I mean, because we, we heard them sing This Is How You Do It. We heard them sing Poison at the Bar, which was actually pretty good. I just like I just want to know is it just like a bunch of like new jack swing type shit like 90s rap slash sung type yep. shit like nothing nothing that was made after the year 1996 definitely I can just hear like TLC all up and down that fucking thing uh but yeah um Figgins was there too and he loved it and so he's like I want you guys to uh perform at the PTA meeting because all of the parents apparently found out that we're feeding their children prison food and I'm like well isn't prison food just school food anyway but okay whatever um terry was also there this is where we first got to see terry is starting to notice emma because emma is there and she's clapping profusely yeah. ken <laughs> thinks that it's for her or for him it's really for will and i guess terry is perceptive enough to to sort of to to, to see that and so we're starting to see her start to look a little bit nervous about like what's going on with um emma and will and of course uh will's parents were there as well and will's mom likes to likes to drink likes to drink matt yeah yeah i mean this whole scene was i guess the only part of the episode that i felt uh like this is like like this is worth something because we got a few characters to interact uh like you or not interact very much but like you said uh terry noticing emma uh and then the fact that uh like i feel like there was a little bit more figgins here just even though it wasn't much it was like a little bit out of the uh like seeing him out of the office and just just a, a couple little things that i was like all right at least this isn't a complete waste of my time to watch these acafellas uh perform but yeah tara schuster's parents are or something uh his mom likes to drink so i'm glad she's having a good time and then his dad is like the relationship between him and his dad is something that uh is a big part of this episode that we keep checking in with the two of them at the beginning where uh they're where he tells his parents that that terry's pregnant and his dad says all right son well uh this is where you're gonna you know this is your time to time time to shine you have six months to figure out if you have the guts uh to be a parent or not and now will is just you know trying to figure out obviously what he wants to do with himself in terms of being a performer or a teacher uh and he's working on figuring this out and now that Figgins is giving him an opportunity to perform with his group, his dad is proud of him. His dad's like, see, I knew you could do it. You're, you're proving to yourself. You're proving to me uh, that that you know what you're trying to have done here. So uh, Will's feeling good about himself. His dad's feeling good about himself. And her mom, his mom is uh, feeling good with herself. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, the rest of the Glee kids uh, gone over to Carmel High School where Vocal Adrenaline is rehearsing. They get driven by uh, Kurt. Which I forgot this. I forgot this storyline entirely. He has this big ass like black SUV. So, so I think that's the problem here. That I think that maybe the reason that Mercedes and maybe a couple of the other ones are like not like a hundred percent sold on the fact that Kurt is gay is maybe they just think he's a rich like a rich boy. And you know, uh, I feel like the stereotype of the rich boy in high school doesn't have to be that you know that they're necessarily uh, has nothing to do with their sexuality. It's just they're rich and that's why they act the way you know that that Kurt acts. So I can see that being a, a little bit of a, a confusion point for her that no, he's not like this because he's gay. He's just rich. Uh, so maybe that's what they're they're trying Ma to sell us matthew matthew what rich preppy boy that is not gay is wearing a fucking corset i watched oh well the corset you, you got me uh, <laughs> i was gonna say i watched degrassi enough to see enough rich boys uh that are that are straight uh but you got me and not that i am like knocking any straight men that like to experiment with you know uh cross dressing i'm not knocking it it is 2020 do what you will but in 2009, no, no, it's just, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. I just, I just, she see, she's seeing what she wants to see. Listen, she's, uh, she, she wants love. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, in any case, they all get out of Kurt's big black car and head over to Carmel, uh, Carmel high school. Um, and they find vocal adrenaline performing, uh, mercy by Duffy, which is one of my favorite songs from that 
from yeah, there. So I guess we're, we're only going to get performances in these first couple of episodes if we go to a Carmel High and see Vocal Adrenaline before, <laughs> right. because that's where two ep- we're three episodes in right now, and uh, like the main performances that we've seen uh, have been from Vocal Adrenaline. Yeah, let's just 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 get Glee uh, from Vocal Adrenaline's perspective the entire way through. That's that, that's all I'm interested in now because clearly and st- still no Jonathan. Glenn. Oh yeah, you're right. You know, oh well, what a plot hole. I guess they didn't add him until later. So. Yeah. You know, Glee has a penchant for, Ryan Murphy in particular has a penchant for introducing characters out of nowhere and then killing them off or just, like, having them come in, like, at the end of the season and then being there for the rest of the time. Like, it's just, he just likes to, like, it's mm-hmm. like a revolving door there. It's like Destiny's Child. Like, you're in, you're out. Like, it's, it's crazy. Um but yeah, yeah. So they're at Carmel, and uh, they immediately arrive, and Rachel is just all excited. Like she is, like we said, she is bought into this plan. Uh, and they walk up to like the front doors of the school, and they see two girls standing outside, and one of them is leaned over a trash can, puking her guts out. Uh, and Rachel immediately identifies her as one of the stars of Vocal Adrenaline. She's so excited to go introduce herself and say hi, uh, and she does that, and she's asking, uh, "Where can we find Dakota? Uh, Dakota Stanley? He's, you know, we we want to talk to him about." coaching our glee club and the two girls look up at her like don't even think about that that's the worst idea you could ever have like do not like trust us uh and of course rachel's not going to listen to them so they go inside and they sit in on this performance like you said uh of mercy and at the end of it we see that dakota stanley is a short little man who uh has a very bad bad temper and is very strict and very uh vocal for uh, for lack of a better word uh he yells at everybody to get off the stage and immediately the new director chase after him and they get to his car where they say oh mr stanley we 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 want you to come be our uh our choreographer we want you to come work with us and this doesn't go over too well yeah so he essentially is saying like i'm expensive bitch i'm 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 expensive like i i cost eight thousand dollars and i'm like eight thousand dollars for a damn just just for a choreographer that alone like we spent like eight thousand, probably around eight thousand dollars in total, for the entire production of a High School Musical. Maybe a little less, maybe a little bit less mm-hmm. when I was in high school. And you're telling me that you want to spend eight thousand dollars on a choreographer. That's it. So you have to depend on yourselves for costuming, your song choices, the vocals, the vocals on top of the extensive choreography that you're spending eight k for. Like where, like Rachel, you are, you're not an idiot. Where, where are the brains here? Where, where are the logistics? But like you said, I mean, yeah, she's not an idiot and that should be uh, something that easily pops up to her that they can't do this. Uh, But Rachel is just so sold on this mission that they have. Uh, You know, it seems like Schuster's already out of the picture and that's fine. She's, she's happy with that. If he's gone, I mean, uh, it's, you know, they didn't leave on a bad note at the end of last episode, but uh, you you can definitely tell that Rachel would not mind if Schuster was out of the picture. Like she would run the club uh, from within and then this guy would come in and do all the choreography and get them where they need to be to beat vocal adrenaline, which, uh, you know, not not exactly uh, the best plan, especially after, you know, they get this reception from Dakota where he's, you know, sitting in this giant expensive car that's more expensive than Kurt's. Uh, and he's got some <laughs> random blonde sitting in the in the seat next to him. And obviously yeah, was she just waiting uh, there. She definitely was not in the auditorium. <laughs> no, she was not in the auditorium. She just uh, she drives that. No, she doesn't. She comes with car. the car to drive the car. She comes with the car. So, uh, yeah, this isn't going to go too well. But uh, they got their price. They know how much they need to raise in order to get him to come coach them uh and and that's where we're gonna leave this oh and finn doesn't come to this outing does he because he's like they have a conversation prior him and rachel and he's like we don't need this this sandy guy we don't need to do this we can do this on our own and she's like no like we need to be better mr shoes obviously not coming to rehearsals this is like this is shitty now like what are we gonna do um and he's like well if you go ahead and go forward with this plan then i'm out and She's like that. She's like, okay, like, that's it. That's it. So he doesn't attend. Um, Especially especially because, I mean, this is literally the only follow up scene that we get in this episode to the Finn and Rachel uh, romance that was blooming. Obviously, they kissed in the last episode. And this is the only scene this episode where we get a follow up on uh, the two of them. And uh, Rachel's still a a little annoyed at him because, you know, they kissed and they had a spark and she acknowledged. Of course, she acknowledges that. uh, But Finn refuses to talk about it. He obviously went right back to. Uh, to Quinn and she's annoyed with him about that so you know what if you want to leave the Glee Club uh, you know not not bothering me right now if she can get Will and Finn out in one episode who b- both men who she's annoyed at and just continue to like this plan is working out perfectly for her and she has the popular girls being friends with her like she's living in her best life right yeah. now you know, Rachel's getting everything that she wants right now 
somebody that's not getting everything that they want is Will, because for whatever reason, I'm guessing this is Terry's doing, but they never really say, but it seems just so out of the blue. So um, they're rehearsing for the PTA meeting, um, Will and Ken Tanaka at the school, um, but then they get a call from uh, Howard, and he's saying, like, look, like, it's just, like, I just don't feel like I can do this anymore. Like, I'm just not, I'm just not cut out for acapellas. I'm going to have to quit. So he quits the group. And then shortly afterwards, Emma comes into the choir room and lets the two of them know, hey, so Henri is out as well because he apparently has been uh, drinking cough syrup because the pressure of acapellas is too much for him. And before he can return to the school, Principal Figgins sent him to go to rehab. So now they are down two members and they don't know what the hell they're going to do. This is like something that Will felt like was going to be his next calling. I mean, they're, they're selling albums. They're selling out bars. <laughs> and now it's all crashing down. So they don't know what exactly they're going to do. But a little glimmer of hope, I guess. Puck, which I'm never really sure about the the motivation behind this. Puck uh, goes to Ken Tanaka in the locker room and says, like, hey, like, I heard about you guys' predicament. Like... I can play guitar, I can dance a little bit, I have a stellar voice, and, you know, older women, they love me, I love older women, which, first of all, so disgusting. So we get, like, a little a little uh, snapshot of him being a pool boy at some older woman's house. He is a sophomore in high school, right? So you're what, you're, like, 15, 16, and, like, we're led to believe that he's fooling around with these women? Isn't that, like, statutory rape? <laughs> it absolutely is, and, uh, yeah, he's he's... A sophomore in high school would mean that he's, like you said, yeah, 16. So I uh, definitely had that thought as well. It just, I, I know that, like, they're presenting him as, like, this older kind of looking confident guy and whatever, but that does not make up for the fact that he is still supposedly 16 years old. So very cringy. So, yes, I guess, I guess that's the motivation right there. He just wants to be able to hang around the older chicks that are going to uh, be at most of the Akafella's performances. And so Ken Tanaka's like, look, if we're going to do this, you need to, like, not screw this up because – this drives Emma wild for me. Newsflash, not for you, bitch. Um, and I just really, really need this right now for her, for my relationship. It's hanging on by a thread. And, um, yeah, so don't screw this up. And uh, Puck's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So uh, mm-hmm. Acapella's is back up one more member. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, as as this is going to play out uh, later on, you know, might as well just kind of wrap this all up a little bit now. Uh, they... Uh, Finn's going to come to Kurt, uh, Kurt, hello, uh, to (laughs) Schuster and say, uh, hey, listen, so uh, I feel like this Glee Club thing is is not really working out for me. Uh, The guys in the football team were making fun of me every single time I touch the ball. Uh, What do they what do they call it? Deep throater. (laughs) Deep throat. Yeah. So uh, obviously he's been getting teased. And the only thing that Finn cares about is his popularity, which I mean, he's not the only one, but like he certainly does care. He tried to suppress that a little bit when he was like, you know what? Uh, Screw this. I want to do Glee. It makes me feel happy but as time has gone on and he's become much more like he's trying to do both because it seems like he can uh but the guys are not letting up easily and he's having a hard time living with that so uh he doesn't really feel the glee club as much anymore and somehow he ends up uh getting convinced to join the acapellas because this is a much cooler version and hey puck's there so i guess it's cool for me to be there so two back to four and now back to five because sandy ryerson is like you guys gotta let me back in the group because i have access to Josh Groban, and I have convinced him to come and see you guys perform at the PTA meeting. But if I'm out, then he's out. So let me back in the group. So, of course, they let him and, back in, and the Acapellas are back in full swing at this point. Yeah, and now we have Sandy uh, back within 50 feet of two students, which is exactly where he was told <laughs> that he was not allowed to be. I mean, the plot holes are like at this point at the pta meeting like we are going to see this group perform at the pta meeting i mean perform an entirely inappropriate song for grown men to be performing with high school boys uh and sandy's there performing it with them like who with let the parents happen in episode which, three of this which show? i'm sure like i'm sure when he was like fired or whatever i'm sure like a letter went out to all the the the, the, the family yes. like, hey, so just so you know, Sandy Ryerson was found, you know, caressing another student, so he's out. And then you put him up on stage in the same school. Like, what the? Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. This guy is, I mean, I, I, I you know, we, we talked a lot about how much we hate Ken Tanaka. Like, 
how or am I still watching a show that has Sandy Ryerson on it? Uh, I, I, we, I promise we both love this show a lot, uh, but then we, we need to get past this. Uh, all of this stuff with all these extra adults that are around Schuster. Fire we need to Biggins. get to like the Glee kids. Fire Biggins. <laughs> That's all I can say. So Sue lets the Cheerios help the Glee Club uh, with a fundraiser in order to get um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, Dakota Stanley. And in this sequence, we get a conversation with uh, Mercedes and Kurt as they're wiping down uh, his his big car. Um, and Mercedes is like, so this is like, what, the third date that we've been on now? And I'm like, girl, oh, man, you must be so lonely if your standards of a date are a car wash, uh, like surrounded by other people. Like, it's not even private. It's a, a fundraising date. Like, okay. Um, and Kurt, of course, is like bewildered. Like, what, bitch, what are you talking about? And she's like, we're dating. And he's like, uh, uh yeah, yeah. I um, have Mercedes for somebody else. And this is, this is our first, our first clue that Finn might, uh, I just spoiled it, uh, <laughs> that Kurt might be into somebody, uh, somebody that he's been spending more time with recently. Uh, and that's going to be Finn Hudson. Uh, we get a little bit of a, a shot where Kurt is staring at him. Uh, and then Rachel pops up, which confuses Mercedes. So she's like, I, you are in love with Rachel? And he's like, yes, uh, I have been for several years. And I'm like, how long have you fucking known the bitch? But okay. I know. I, I thought they just kind of met. Right? Um, and so uh, Mercedes ain't having it. She picks up a rock, which, why is there that big-ass rock in the middle of the parking lot? But anyway, uh, throws it right into the windshield. And then cue Jasmine Sullivan's, I bust the windows out your car, bitch. And Mercedes got some moves. Like, I always knew that Amber Riley could dance. I mean, she won a season of Dancing with the Stars. But this is the first time that we see her pull off, like, you know, like a little something-something in terms of the choreography with the rest of the Cheerios. And she looks good. So this is one of my favorite performances of season one. Can we talk about the Cheerios outfits here (laughs) at this high school car wash? Yes, please do. I I mean... That's it. That's all I got. Can we just talk about? It? I mean, they they're wearing like uh, what are they wearing? A bathing suit, I guess. I, is it a are bathing they wearing suit? I, I, That's the question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe their clothes are off being dry cleaned in Europe for one last time before uh, the the Cheerios budget is gone. Uh, but I mean, like, hey, obviously no shade. Like everybody looks great. Uh, but again, we have to keep remembering that we are at a high school here. And Coach Sue is like standing over all of them, like she's like some matron or something. It's just- horrible and and emma the f- cute little conversation between uh between sue sylvester and uh irma as irma, she calls yeah. it uh where they're just kind of, i mean they are just complete polar opposites and uh emma doesn't even pick up on the fact that sue is like hardcore shading her this number was good uh I, this is like the only time that we hear anybody from the new direction sing in this episode uh so this is i guess Mercedes, but this is also like weird because it's like not a dream sequence but it's just kind of like i don't know how would you describe it's a it? dream sequence right because she like it is she, right? like this isn't really she happens too afterwards and, yeah i don't know and weird. he's like okay, um, he's like what the fuck why, why, why would you do that you like you busted my window and she's like well you busted my heart and then storms <laughs> off <laughs> It's so easy to forget that this happens. Uh, like, Mercedes is not this person. Mercedes is not an idiot. Just, I mean, the same way that Rachel's not an idiot. Uh, like, this, realistically, like, you can never get me to believe that Mercedes Jones, like, fell for Kurt like this. But, listen, we're, we're still getting our feet underneath us here in episode three of, of this show. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, like, at least it's a good number, It's considering it's our only it's, one. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, back at the PTA meeting, the acapellas are performing. Um, like, like we already pretty much talked uh, a lot about it. They perform "Sex You Up," um, and at the end of it, Josh Groban comes backstage, and of course, Sandy Ryerson is like, "Oh my goodness! Like this is this is my moment. This is it." And uh, Josh is like, "Okay, so which one of you is Sandy?" And uh, Sandy comes forward, and Josh Groban is like, "Bitch, stop emailing me." Stop calling me. I don't know how you got my number after I changed it. Stop sending me locks of your hair. Stop sending me demos. I, 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 like, this is not a thing. Hands him a restraining order. The rest of the guys are so embarrassed because we're thinking that Josh Groban is coming back to tell them, like, oh, my goodness, I think that you guys could have something here. And he does give them a compliment. He does say, like, thanks. or You guys did a great job. It sounded great and everything. Uh, but yeah, this is just pretty much to put Sandy in his place and to pretty much shoot down any aspirations that the, uh, Acapellas may have had at any kind of stardom. 
not not a whole lot here besides uh, uh, I I think I just want to talk about Sandy like as little as possible because he really <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, fun fun little guest spot here by Josh Groban, who uh, I mean, he's not done just yet for this episode. We're gonna get him a little bit later on. Um, when do, are we are we anywhere close to that or is yeah? That no, it's it's pretty so much, much like later. next. Um, so the, the okay, performance yeah. is pretty much over. There, we're out in the uh, parking lot again. Terry actually has like a bit of a human moment with Will here, and he's like, "Oh, like you." guys actually sounded really really good like i i actually enjoyed that um and they share a kiss his dad walks up and says to him because they've been having this whole conversation about confidence and everything and will or uh, uh will's dad shares a story with him take, uh, talking about how he wanted to go to law school and everything um when will was younger but like he just didn't have the guts for it and he felt like you know he had to make a more realistic uh choice in order to support his mom and will um but at this point in the episode, he's, uh, I guess, Will has inspired him with, like, all this acapella, acapella foolishness, saying, like, hey, I decided to go back to law school, um, uh, which, by in part, you know, it kind of inspires Will to realize that his true dream has always been teaching, and this acapella stuff was fun and everything, but he thinks that he's ready to finally go back to, to being a glee club teacher and, I guess, Spanish teacher as well. <laughs> I mean, take a shot every time Will Will Schuster realizes. That's what I'm saying. His, his like, Will dreams. Will's like, gonna leave. Like every freaking episode, it's like every 12 episodes he wants to go. It's like, bitch, choose one. Choose your fighter. And then he comes to he comes to learn this about himself, and he has passions here, but his passion is truly with the Glee Club. But then it's not, and then it is. It's it's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And yes, as you said, Josh Groban is still around because. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Schuster is off somewhere. Uh, they haven't seen her, and apparently she had been drinking a little bit more, and somehow found Josh Groban. Oh, and Josh, Josh Groban, Groban found her. <laughs> somehow they're uh, they're they're vibing here. Yeah, like I'm like really worried about like does something actually happen? Do they make out? Like do they like what happens here? Something happens. I mean, we don't see it, but we know something happens here. All right. Well, there's that. I guess they get this infidelity type shit just runs in the family. I guess. Um. <laughs> So we return back to school the next day. Mercedes comes up to Kurt and apologizes for smashing his window. She feels terribly about it. She offers to pay for it and everything. Um, and then to top it off, she's like, you know what? Like, also, I wish you and Rachel the best. I'm sure you guys will have very, very loud babies. And Kurt can't take it anymore. He stops her and says, like, hey, I lied about that. I'm not into Rachel at all. I'm, I'm gay. And you can tell that it's something that's very, very tough for him to talk about. Mercedes is like, why didn't you just say anything? Um, and he's like, well, I haven't said anything to anybody. You're the first person I've ever told. And she tells him, like, like, well, Glee Club is a safe space. You should be able to tell, if not just me, then at least everybody else in Glee. And we're here for you. It's about, you know, being who you truly are. And Kurt just really can't do it right now. He doesn't really find himself confident. And, I, you know, of course, I relate very very hard to this story because you know high school is rough like high school is not mm -hmm. it's not it really i mean there's a lot of jokes throughout glee about how high school is like sort of like a war zone and there's a lot of truth to that like we're all you put a bunch yep. of like teenagers in one spot trying to figure out who they want to be trying to figure out where they fit in trying to figure out just life in general uh, so, yeah, of course, we, we both understand what Kurt's going through, and I'm sure many people understand what he's going through. Uh, and, you know, just his his process here of coming out to the first person that he this is the first time he's coming out to somebody. It's a, it's a touching moment. Uh, and Mercedes reacts in the same way that many people do. I think she is, of course, ultimately, you know, immediately she's supportive of him and she understands. And I'm sure she feels like an idiot, but we don't really see that. Uh, and and these two are just going to you know continue being yes. friends. The Glee Club kind of like comes back together as well. So they do get the money for Dakota Stanley. He comes up to the school and immediately off the bat, he just starts kicking people off the group. He's like, Artie, you're not trying hard enough. He's like, at what? He's like, at walking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Mercedes uh, is out of the group, I guess, because she's fat and black i guess yep exactly um, yeah he gives them all these like personalized folders and mercedes's folder has an outline of where she can eat and when she can eat and her it pretty much just says that she can only consume coffee <laughs> so fucked up rachel has to get a nose job uh and finn is uh has i don't even know what finn's critique is other than that he looks like he drags his knuckles and he's a big doofus like i guess that's it uh he calls kurt out though and says uh you you could burst into flames at any second so stay away from uh stay away from aerosol cans 
um, and uh, Gwen Santana and uh, Brittany are perfect. So, I guess. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, and so they're uh, uh, Kurt and Mercedes. They're like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take this. This is some bullshit. They start to leave, uh, and uh, Artie as well, and Finn. Um, and Rachel sort of like is like stuck in between, but then she's like, you know what? Like, no. Her favorite, her her idol, Barbara Streisand, was told the exact same thing to get a nose job, and she didn't do it, and she became one of the best Broadway veteran actresses of all time. Um, and she's like, I'm not gonna do this just because you told me to. They all come back together, and you're like, you know what? Like, we're gonna win as a team. We don't need you. We were fine before you, and so you're fired. And get the fuck out of here. Yep, they uh, they have this like every once in a while you get scenes on TV where you like feel secondhand embarrassment and cringe for the fact that it's so sappy and so like like that's that that's what this was for me like the fact that everybody just came together and they're you know uh, all supporting each other and it's like as touching as it is like I get like the goosebumps in terms of like secondhand embarrassment that this is like so awkwardly written uh, maybe maybe is what it is I don't know if you can really I got secondhand but, uh, embarrassment because of the fact that they just wasted $8,000 like Kurt could have used that for that damn window yeah that, that too <laughs> that too uh, no Kurt uh, he come on he afforded that car his dad afforded that car he can buy himself a whole new car let alone a new window uh, I think they're fine uh, but uh, yeah so they, they do have this I guess touching moment where they're all coming together and, and realizing that they don't need this guy he's obviously a terrible person they should have listened to those two girls that were uh, puking out in front of the school because <laughs> they, they were uh, rehearsing with this guy they warned him they could not have been more clear that this is a bad idea but Rachel went ahead and did it uh, but obviously this is all the plan of the Cheerios who are working for Sue but the the rest of the Glee kids all come together and realize that they don't need this guy so uh, the plan failed on the Cheerios behalf and that's gonna you know all the rest of the kids are, are happy about this that they decided they don't need him but the Cheerios are not gonna go uh, go down too easily they're not too pleased about it they have to go back and report to coach Sue who is also not pleased at all um, and is demoting them I guess and is docking their tanning their tanning privileges and I'm like the fact that Santana is the one to burst into tears over this, I'm like, bitch, you're already tan. You're a Latina woman. What are you tanning for? <laughs> She's like, she runs out hysterically. Hysterically, crying. I was like, wow, this, this. I mean, okay, and and where's Brittany? Why is? I mean, maybe her character isn't like fully written in yet like she's there though but. she's there but she's not she doesn't have to report to coach too i guess she's not you know as high up on the food chain as them um yeah. but we do get to see like a little smidgen of uh of a of a turning in in quinn because before she leaves the office after coach sue pretty much eviscerates them and tells them to smell their own armpits she says uh <laughs> she says coach so i just want to thank you for teaching me a very valuable lesson that as long as you are confident in yourself, you don't have to tear other people down to make yourself feel, feel better. And Coach Sue is obviously looking very confused because she's like, I didn't teach you that shit. Like, I don't know where you're getting that from. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're starting to see like maybe, you know, maybe Quinn isn't so evil after all. No, uh, Quinn, you know, they it's something about this Glee Club room or the choir room. Hello, right where we are. <laughs> uh, the choir room brings them together and it just makes them kind of feel bonded as a team that's working together. And they have a coach. Obviously, they have uh, Schuster, but I mean, he was barely around. And there are times like this where they're coming together and realizing that with each other, uh, they feel happy. They feel inspired by each other and they feel like they can actually make something, you know, happen and they can do well. Uh, so even the Cheerios are starting to have their icy cold hearts warmed up a little bit in terms of. Uh, you know, finding some kind of joy in being in the Glee Club. And that's going to be something that starts uh, very early on and continues in. And even though people like Finn, who start to feel like the pressure from the outside world, from from his other teammates, uh, the people on the football team are, are starting to come down on him, uh, that does wear at them here and there. But at the end of the day, they do always find, you know, comfort, find uh, falling back into the arms of the Glee Club. So uh, they do end up back in the room, not the Cheerios. Everybody else is back in the choir room where uh, Will is has rejoined them and they are performing or not performing they're practicing just another little bit of choreography and it looks like they they all look a lot better they all look a lot happier and uh, Rachel calls out to Will and says uh, Mr. Schuster which is exactly how this started the first time and Will is very hesitant he's like uh, yes Rachel and Rachel takes like a half second pause and she's like that was really good <laughs> And then everybody's all excited and happy, and uh, that's where we end our episode. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, thank you. I've been practicing. That was good. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I did not love the episode. I don't know. Maybe I, let me just give you my slushy rating here because uh, it's no secret uh, at this point. I, I, I was I was coming into the episode. I was like, uh, same thing that you do with the songs. You were like, maybe I shouldn't be so obvious. I had to be obvious that I didn't love this thing. Uh, I'm giving it four slushies out of five. It was just not any episode that I would ever want to revisit if it wasn't for the fact that we were doing this. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it three. I'm only rating lower because while I did find it very cringy most of the time with the Akafellas and Sandy of it all, um, we did get more time at least with some of the kids. I mean, we get a little bit more humanity with Kurt and with Mercedes and even with Quinn and Santana. And we get a little bit with Rachel and Finn. So at least all of the kids were, were present for this one. So I can, I can, uh, I can be good with that. So I'll give it three yes, out of five. And- and I'm going to guess that your favorite song is probably both of ours. So sorry if I'm giving this away as well. But the only song, or actually, no. So just to did, recap, we got This Is How We Do It, Acapellas, Poison, Acapellas, Mercy, Vocal Adrenaline, Bust Your Windows, Mercedes Jones, and the Cheerios, I Want to Sex You Up, Acapellas. Please, please tell me that Bust Your Windows is your favorite song. It is. <laughs> okay. I mean, Acapellas, you guess mine? Bust Your Windows. <laughs> Come on, like this song was so, uh, I mean, not the song, this episode was so lame with with all the other songs. I mean, I don't care about the acapella songs. Uh, You know, Will sounded good in a couple of them. Obviously, they were trying to showcase that uh, about Matthew Morrison, but I I just, you know, the only one that was worth uh, the price of admission here was Mercedes and Bust Your Windows. Yes, 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 yes. And who does your gold star go to? That's tough. I was the the past two episodes. I actually hadn't been like thinking about it during the episode, but this episode, since I was in such a negative mindset of like, I don't like anything that's happening here. I was having a hard time thinking about it during the episode. Um, I'll give it to Kurt here, I guess, because he, this is like the only scene of the episode that like you just said, kind of uh, is, is enjoyable. Uh, Kurt has a rough time with this, but he does end up, you know, of like figuring out a way to comfortably tell Mercedes what he needs to tell her and come out to her. Uh, so I'll give Kurt my gold star. Well, our streak of being uh, apart has ended because Kurt is mine as well. Just because, yeah, it, I think it's like the, it's the strongest storyline for me in this episode. Um, I mean, we've already gotten a will is going to leave the club arc like two episodes ago. So like I'm not invested in that right now. Um, and the rest of no. the kids were not sort of like central enough for me to really care too much yet, um, with the exception of Mercedes. But I, I, I'm sorry, like in the world where somebody's pining after a gay guy and there's a gay guy that's sort of like scared for his life, I got to go for the gay guy that's scared for his life. So my gold right. star will go to Kurt because it is hard. And I'm glad that he was able to muster up the courage to tell at least one person you can have at least one safe space in this very scary situation. So, um, yeah, you go, Kurt Hummel. I'm here for you, bud. That that sounds about right. And hey, look, uh, look at Kurt becoming the first person uh, from uh, our us combined giving out uh, gold stars. First person to get yes, two. Yes, yes, yes. We of course want to make sure that you guys out there are uh, giving us your feedback. You know, you're probably getting all of these at once, which is uh, what we had said we planned and believe we're going through with, of course. So uh, if you have any thoughts about this episode or any episode, uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can tweet at us, uh, send us a message at choir room pod on Twitter. You can send us an email with any feedback or anything that you want us to talk about uh, at all to choir room podcast at gmail.com. So choir room pod on Twitter, choir room podcast. Uh, at gmail.com if you have anything more long form that you want us to talk about please feel free to reach out and we will be happy to bring any of that kind of stuff up alright well thank you guys for listening to another episode of the choir room we will see you in the next one and we'll see you in sectionals as well